Welcome to series two of Commando Mindset. We're so excited to be back and we're back bringing you a new feel to the podcast. We've evolved it and we've decided to bring you a series of shorter, more focused mental fitness workouts. We wanted to create it like a... um well, like a training regime, training for a stronger mind. We're targeting specific muscle groups now. Bear with me, my friends, this fitness chisel does actually link. So we're starting out by hitting you with four 30-minute episodes across one month. And we're calling this the School of Motivation. So for this first episode, I sat down with Ben and Tomo to break down that kind of strange feeling that some of us in the UK at least are definitely feeling as we're coming out of lockdown. Um, And we discussed the value of our security. Ben explains to us why he believes security is a state of mind. And we talked about building resilience and what the hell is coming up next? And the guys also discuss why they feel a sense of accountability now that our podcast has affected so many people. Enjoy. Commando mindset. Yeah, it was quite uh, inspiring to see the interaction between us and other people and the messages we've received and how it's helping change people's lives. And I think well accountability it'd be wrong to turn our back on everyone and be like right we've had our fun we've recorded our podcast um that's that yeah so good luck with your lives and take care (laughs) yeah (laughs) but we wanted to lay down foundations first yeah that was pretty much the main emphasis of series one it was to get out how ben and i operate from a foundational point of view you know the fun we like to call them the fundamentals the fundamentals mm. and very cool. now we had to take that pause because we were just thinking right how can we now progress this into something which is not repeating what we've done before but now adding more value um because like you guys just said uh and to all the listeners out there all of you people out there like some of the messages that we've received um have just been inspiring uh in the change in which people have made within their own lives and accredit it to this podcast, which I am blown away by. Quite it's, frankly, it's it's amazing, and I'm and I'm really inspired to do it's more. Very humbling as well. Yeah. You know, you, 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 some of those messages, not to go into detail, but you see people have changed their career paths very quickly. They've left partners. They've come off drugs. You know, all got these engaged. Things, got engaged. Yeah, it's all these things. We're like, really, from talking about being in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and uh, really, but equally, you can tell. That obviously that's that's had a great impact in such a short period of time that, like I said, it'd be wrong to to walk away from this now. So here we are. So do you feel like a sense of duty, a sense of responsibility? Now, yeah, I think there's an element of it. Well, certainly for me, anyway. I, I, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Feel I know what res- you mean. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. To the sorry. listeners, if you're listening, I do have a responsibility to you. Um, but equally, you're your own responsibility. I yeah. think what we provide is or what I'd like to think we provide is is a form of value that adds maybe one or two puzzle pieces to people's equations, their puzzles, where they can go, ah, right, that that helps me put this jigsaw together a little bit. You're your own accountability to yourself, aren't you? But if we can have some form of platform where people can escape to and listen to and go, ah, oh, that just, I can take a golden nugget from that, then well, we're doing it, the right it, thing. And also the reason we're here is because it's our accountability to provide that service well it's nice to get away from the kids for (laughs) chat we did hear like quite a lot of people it's that 
sort of the word click, like, oh, it's the thing that made me click. It's the thing that made me change my mind on this or sort of tipping them in favor of something they've wanted to do. That sort of click moment. Is that something you guys were set out to do? Yeah. For, well, pretty much. I, I'd say that there's definitely exactly what we what do you mean by that though as in the podcast so, so, or well yes yeah, business so or life everything. well i guess in general yeah. for you guys Looking but with the, the podcast i don't think there's any coincidence why we've got a business called find your edge yeah you know i don't think there's a coincidence in that that's pretty much what we set out to do initially um you know we had big aspirations to help teams operate um with the same mindset the same uh sense of duty to one another and responsibility to one another and translate that into a corporate world. That was kind of our ultimate aim. But now it's transpired that many more people, or, well, I suppose in some ways, we've translated what we do so it's now readily available for everybody else, which I think is a great thing. It's interesting you raised the word click, though. And uh, for me, I struggle to say, we're looking, like I've found a click, like for me because i think if you find the click what's after the click i know that sounds really sort of random but but i think it's only clicking for certain things in certain ways yeah because like, a lot of people you've got advice from your parents you might have heard uh, a teacher say something and da, 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 but sometimes you kind of need a completely outside source to explain mm. something in a way that you comprehend to make you go i get it now yeah 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 i see that and we've had so many messages that essentially say that same thing it's like oh that helped me get it click make that move do that different thing and i think that's what's quite empowering for us start receiving those messages and it's like wow we're we're making a real impact here so you continue to do it if you're helping people find those clicks in their life just through your own experiences i was talking to someone the other day where it's so nice now that it's rewarding for what we've been through personally in our lives and 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 not also just that but you know spoke quite deeply about certain incidences in the first series you know when we lost dino and things like that is they become forgotten names you know they are names that unfortunately get forgotten outside the military and outside the units uh within the units therefore always always remembered but i feel what we can do now with some of those experiences it's you know when people lose their lives or get injured or away from the military where things go wrong it hasn't been a waste of time now and it never was a waste of time but it's you do question what what was the fucking point in that the positives out of the negatives. Yeah, and you can been... take their lessons forward and say adversity is a real thing. But if you can learn to uh, sharpen your blade through that moment, you, you go on and you learn from these things as you move through life. Um, and I, I found it quite cathartic in the first series for ourselves to be able to say, do you know what? I found a place where our experiences add an answer to other people's equations where they can go, fuck. Mm. That's what... And it's so rewarding that we can use our past to do that yeah but because we learn from other people's past ourselves you know you stick your head above the parapet and you listen and hear what other people are doing so let me push you to elaborate a little on that so you're kind of referring to the one without an intro which is our pod where you talked about dino how did you feel immediately after recording that and what kind of reaction did you get to that because that was probably what would be considered our heaviest podcast as it were yeah i think what was quite inspiring for me and humbling i'm always very aware of my peers I know a lot of my peers listen to this um lads who were there at that moment um lads who were there at other occasions you know lads which were there at occasions away from the battlefield where things went a bit wrong um and those guys have been in touch saying fucking hell that's really sort of brought a few things to light and uh, quite a few lads are like oh do you know what? I've always struggled to sort of give my side of the story 
and now I've heard you give your side of the story, it's really helped me think about what happened and what other people are going through. That's really powerful. So when your peers always worry, you know, commandos, we're very alpha male. We, we, um, you, you don't want to step on the toes of other people within your circle and say you're better than them or you, your stories are like this and theirs aren't as good. It's not like that. It's not a competition, but you're worried about, not worried, but you, you you know there could be a judgment if you get it wrong like you're not the warrior you're not the hero you're just part of the unit you know so I really and I know Tommy does as well try to portray it as well that's my perspective that's what I thought of that situation um and for me it was just so rewarding my peers getting in touch and so lads if you're still listening <laughs> sorry for ne- te- not texting you back um but equally on top of that the amount of people which have got in touch said wow you know yeah but it, I think from a personal point of view speaking about those stories is highly valuable valuable for ourselves and rewarding because you can go i need to get off my chest for a while and so yeah hopefully it brings value for people and so here we are series two mm. at a bit of a crossroads not just for us but for the country and a little bit across the globe i mean for us in great britain we're coming out of lockdown right now mm. and a lot of people are kind of asking what's next yeah well, I, th- I don't think it's um <clears throat> it's an alarming period for a lot of people because if you think about uh the first day where everyone was able to go back to work uh like nine thousand jobs went and it wasn't even 3 p.m yeah uh so there's a a significant amount of uncertainty i mean we've already had uncertainty and now we're just dishing out more uncertainty and i think now is that time where we unfortunately or fortunately have to dig deeper within ourselves and say right okay what is next now because this Lockdown was one thing, but maybe that now leads to a slightly harder path. Of, you know, the the road we haven't we haven't fit, come off the road yet. I mean, this is the same with like the fundamentals are one thing, but now we've got to put them into action. Yeah, yeah. I think this period of time is teaching us our own resilience, though, and uh, we should all be going through this moment of time and what's to come next with a huge degree of reflection and saying, fucking hell, this is hard, but I'm getting through it. You know, 9,000 jobs go, if, if yours is one of those, that's horrible. But what you you either stand by and go, it's gone, and, oh, what do I do now? Or you go, I need to do something different and need to move in a direction. And this period of time we've lived through has built so much resilience within people. It's built so much resilience within our own children. You know, children at home all the time. My, my kids have been at home the whole way through, as many others. Um, living under our toes as much as we're living under those toes. So you have, they have to grow that resilience. You know, why can't I go to the park? Why can't I do this? Um, it's taught a lot about ourselves. And I think, you know, we're almost talking about what's next for you as a person is is, is you have to have a huge degree of reflection on your resilience to move forward from this situation because resilience comes from exposure to situations that almost test the nerve, they test fear, they, they cause you to be courageous, they... they they ask something of you if you fail it you know you have to move forward this is all learning experience which builds our resilience you know now you take this into the to what's happening at the moment this should build something within people to go oh, this is tough but it's made me stronger yeah i you're tough through me well <laughs> off then sorry I, you breathed oh, in like you were gonna say something yeah. and then we turned to you and you went yeah I I like, yeah so, so so motivate my... <laughs> i thought you went I literally looked at you like, right. are you being fucking for real? Continue. <laughs> I'm that, done now. You threw me right. You Sorry, just wanted everyone. to add the word yes. 
No, I was going to go on to a point. I felt it was coming towards a natural conclusion uh, after the next sentence. Didn't well, can you not to... prepare yourself with a tut a next time? Right, if you're going to prepare, do just do this. See that? No noise. <laughs> right? Don't prepare yourself like this. Mm, good point, yeah. Like, the <laughs> problems with podcasting. You were coming to a conclusion anyway, though, right? Yeah, but I wanted to bloody finish it, didn't I? <laughs> I anyway, didn't. resilience. Well done. Episode one done. Series two. Welcome back. <laughs> Jesus. I was going to add, and I strongly believe we're that gonna fall out. Maybe it's series two. Maybe the series where we do fall out. And then we, series three is like one at a time because we can't have you both in the same room. <laughs> or you? Yeah, or me. Just one person. Uh, resilience. <laughs> right. That's. Re- <laughs> What's going on now? He's he, out of sync. He's, he's out of break. Right. So those of you listening, he's trying to talk and he goes to say something and then takes a sip of his drink. What? Look, you right. know what I'm like. Just drink when someone else is speaking. Right, so, go on, resilience, I believe. This better be a good point after mm, all of this. On it now. will be a good point, actually. Thank you. I believe that uh, resilience is measured in proportion to the scenario in which you're facing. So, when we all started this, uh, you know, for example, coronavirus started, it was like 50 people have died today. Terrible. Then it got to like 500 people died today. Then it got to like 1,000. And it was just ridiculous numbers. And we've kind of got to that point where we're like, right, okay, 65,000 people have died in the UK alone. Linked to coronavirus may or may not be exclusive to coronavirus who actually knows but let's say for argument's sake 65,000 additional deaths due to coronavirus and we now look at that and go okay that's passed then we hear another number and it goes 9,000 jobs lost oh my god this is horrendous but actually if you think about it what you require in this time is a almost a resilience to numeracy or numbers you need to look at numbers in a different way and go I am resistant to that number coming through because that will always happen and i don't think anybody coined it better when stalin said and stalin isn't a fan of mine by the way but stalin said um a death is a tragedy but a million deaths is a statistic and now we have to look at things through a statistical nature and have that sort of resilience towards the statistical nature of the way in which the world is right now there will be more job losses there will maybe tomorrow be fifteen thousand job losses but we mustn't get sucked into that vacuum of going that means what's going to happen to my life those numbers are immediately reflecting upon i need to now get worried about the amount of numbers those things are going to happen it goes back to that idea of in control out of control and those numbers are completely outside your control but i don't think it's useful necessarily for the media to be purporting gross numbers like that because it drives a significant amount of fear and for many people they're not prepared for that fear and it's now we've had the fear of coronavirus hey don't worry about that we've got some more fear for you and it's that time where we need to look upon ourselves and go okay i'm resilient to that i can probably get through this and then the level of resilience needed if you do lose your job is a different type of resilience where I'm leading to is that resilience is almost, if, you know, there's a multiple facets of mm. resilience. And you can't just go, I'm resilient to this one thing, because take an example when 
you know ben and i left the military and uh in my own example i would have said i was a pretty resilient character but i needed to find a new depth of resilience or a new side of resilience to be able to go through that difficult and challenging time of second child the job i thought i had was lost um the house that i bought was broken couldn't live in it you know and went through a period of seven months with no job two children to try and feed house you know all of these things happened i needed to find a new level of resilience it doesn't just i don't believe that you can just say i'm growing in resilience it's almost going i've grown in resilience towards this scenario towards this situation that's where i would encourage people to look at and go right okay and what areas do i need to grow resilience in do we need to make sure that during this lockdown and this whole pandemic we have definitely grown in resilience rather than just tried to get through it and then if it comes again it hits us twice as hard rather than if these things happen again now we are more resilient and like what i like what you're touching on with media like we all know we can't trust everything we read now so have you become resilient enough to not trust everything you read now i think a very good way of being able to check your previous resilience levels is by journaling uh i started a journal in 2016 mm-hmm so it was kind of around the time when I when I uh, knew I was getting medically discharged. Yeah. And that took about a year to come to fruition. But I, I read it the other day. I read the first entry and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, first entry, that was a pretty tough time. Well done. Do you know, wow. and it gave me a sense of confidence to go and check back my progress. And I don't believe enough of us journal. I don't believe enough of us keep a record of our progress you're so right which encourages in my i I I mean guarantee it encourages resilience that's basically you turning around and reminding yourself where you came from yeah i think also it's everyone's got their own take on that so you know you're smashing me for press-ups but my book didn't come across from setting out to write a book it Mm. came across from me trying to get some demons out my head Mm. i heard a great someone told me something um ages ago one of the best sort of areas to work on your mental health to find clarity is in it is in arts um so music writing poems i know so many guys and girls now which feel a little bit better in the head because they've just taken to poetry or they just in their own time you don't do anything with it just start writing stuff down mm. mountains is another great place clear but um for me that was you know that journaling of what have i been th- it was almost trying to understand my resilience because you for me, I felt at a point where I was like, I feel so fucking broken, but I've been through so much where I, feel, I should feel so strong. Um, and it it caused me to really reflect on that and go, why am I like this? You know, I should feel confident. I should feel resilient to situations, but yet I feel weakest. And it's because certain elements of my life were questioning, things were changing, challenges are there. Just putting it on paper, like Thomas said, for me, it was less of a journal. It was just like, might just vomit your ideas onto this piece of paper and see what comes out suddenly turns into something that can help someone you know and 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 like referencing back to the beginning of this podcast is we weren't going to really do series two we were sort of not in it for ourselves but we just wanted to talk amongst one another sort see what conversations come out all of a sudden it starts to help people you know we in our our own way with the series one we're doing some some sort of audio journal journaling yeah Yeah. that's literally and it's helped people along the way and 
I know Tomo takes things from his journal and looks at it and goes, wow, I was thinking like that at that time. How can, how do I know other people are thinking like that right now? And where I, where can I make an impact? Where can I bring this lesson of my life to value of someone else's? And you, you almost use your air of resilience to move into to confidence to say I've been through it so I can hold the hand of people to come with me and, and show them the route forward and you know bring those clicks bring those puzzle pieces to, to people's lives like what we're doing now um on the podcast and that's huge you know we're going to lift our children those which are sort of able to know what's going on right now will one day have children themselves and they will turn around and go well I live through the pandemic and this is what I learned about myself. And because we've heard it from our grandparents, I live through the war. And this is how, you know, the, the art of resilience isn't just about becoming a better person, a more resilient person yourself. It's it's also who you can help along the way with that resilience. Um, working closely with a lot of footballers and in that community, it's one of the biggest bugbears of managers is that their players aren't confident, aren't resilient. Well, this comes from learning and com- comes from growth. You can't expect someone to just turn up and be a resilient character straight away. You have to you have to empower them so they make mistakes. You also have to coach them to into situations they don't want to be in, but you let them go into that situation knowing they may fail, may, may no it may go wrong. So you can then come back and debrief them and go, right, where did that go wrong? Where did that go right? And so that in, in itself installs resilience. I really love what you're saying at the beginning there about how building resilience can make you feel weak because I think there's a lot of people out there who have I think it's understanding it yeah but like they are building their resilience but they are feeling really exhausted Mm. like done with the lockdown tired you know but we're building resilience in that and if we can stop and reflect and go hang on a minute I might feel weak and exhausted but I'm actually becoming stronger through this it leads to that confidence and 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 you have to, if you're one of those people listening now, and I suppose open conversation between us all, is if you are finding yourself, why do I feel weak when I've been through so much? It's because you're actually still on the path. You're still on the journey. And sometimes when you're on the journey, it, it everything's flicking by at a thousand miles an hour and you're heading in your direction. But it doesn't it doesn't cause you time to reflect. Um, we've had some great conversations with people, you know, not, not to sort of obsess on the pandemic now. I think let's, we're moving forward this whole, conversations about what's next but um it's good to reflect and you know the global pandemic is a horrible thing that's happened the virus what's happened but my belief is the majority of people like 95 96 percent let's say have been through something far worse in their own lives before um we've all lost people you know the 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 worst coronavirus does is kill people horrible like thomas said the numbers are so high it's a statistic one one person though to go is a tragedy but we've all been through that tragedy we've all lost someone very close to ourselves in our lives before um almost everyone i know has been through some form of redundancy you know i got kicked out of the military for medical reasons that's a form of redundancy you know we we're going into a wave 2008 was only uh how many years ago is that 12 12 12 years ago 12 years ago was the last economical crash yeah almost all of us can remember that yeah but we got through it we got through that time, a period of time, and it's made us more resilient as people. Where we need to go with this now is go, wow, this is a fucking beast. This is a horrible thing. It's really kicking our asses. But guess what? I've had my ass kicked before. I know how to defend myself. You take yourself forward. Everyone learns. Everyone picks their chin up and goes, we can do this again. 
So you're asking people in this uh, what next mentality to recognize their resilience in that weak feeling, become more confident because of what we have been through. And then I guess start looking at what, what's, what's next, you know? And, and one of the things we all noted down was the value of security. I think one thing that shook me in throughout this whole time is to be like, oh, you think you're secure. You mm. plan everything right. You get everything set up right. But then there's something you could never in a million years have dreamed of does this to you. I'm pretty confident on the first coronavirus um, podcast that we did, one of us said, it just sh- goes to show how vulnerable we are as humans. Yes. We think we're invincible. So should we value security in a different way? Hmm. Oh, I've made you think. Yeah, you have actually. Should we value security in a different way? Yes. Is security to you comfort or security to you resilience? Because I look at I look at resilience as a security because I know this is shit, but I know I have the mental fortitude to get through this. That's it. That's the thing is instead of relying on the material, the house, the yeah. job, the stuff is just relying on your resilience and knowing, you know what? Even if I lost my job tomorrow, I am the type of person yeah. who would get out there, have the motivation and try and get the next one or try and, and will Se- always be OK. Security can be your comfort zone as well. So there's two elements to security. Like, I'm not going to go and do it because I've got a mortgage. And um, what if I can't afford to buy the kids food next month? So I won't go and grow the business. I want to grow. So I'm going to stay at home and keep it easy. So we should value our comfort zone less. I don't think I, you're not you're not valuing it or devaluing it. I think you have to have an, an ability to understand what is security to you. There's two, so like I said, there's two, to me, there's two arms. And like this podcast is all about a almost subjective opinion, isn't it? Yeah. What we think, but it's helped us. Um, and security for some people could be like, well, if I keep the door locked and, and I don't step out into the scary world and I can just get by one day at a time, I'm fine. Okay, well, that's, for some people, that's great. Um, for others, it doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. You know, we've got to go into the world and it's scary to go into the world. It's scary to ditch your job. It's scary to go and file VAT returns and do those shit. You don't really know what you're doing, but you do it because you can see it's going to do something better for you in the future. And even in the immediacy, you know, you might get something happen, uh, which makes things more rewarding. But, res- but security, I think, is more a state of mind. It's It's the ability to be resilient and like i said have that mental fortitude to get through a situation that's very challenging it's it's very much comes from the battlefield it's that the battlefield is the most unsecure place you could ever be but your mental fortitude your resilience your mindset primes you it arms you your skill set arms you your belief in one another arms you to be as prepared during that unsecure moment as possible. That's the security. It's, up, it's upstairs in the grey matter. That's where it really is. Exactly what I was going to lead on to. Security is a state of something. You you only have security when you put something in place. So if you think about your mind and, and the mind being the house, the house stores valuable things in it. Now, in order to increase the security of the house, um, what do you need to do? Uh, you need to put a burglar alarm on, you need to put high gates around, you need to put um, certain uh, responses or trackers um, around the house which tells people if they're there. But what most people don't do with the brain or the mind in particular is there's nothing to protect you from the burglar. Nothing to protect you from the thief. 
who will come away and take the things away from your mind because you're not what what preparations you put in what is your state of mental security how are you standing guard at the door of your mind how are you preventing people coming along and tipping you over the balance stealing a little bit of this stealing a little bit of you the person how do you prevent this will you build up you first of all have an alarm system well hang on that's not right yeah okay now i need to take action you call when the alarm goes off you call the police you see where i'm going with this yeah or you build up the walls so the people can't get in you know security is a state of something you don't have security unless you put in place and prepare for certain things and from security you um get this sense of well there's a de-risking element to it you know you look at the security issue and go right how can i make certainly from a world where we come from we would look and and, and then when i went into intelligence part of the job would be as, would be to try to reduce the level of risk to our own troops by identifying x y and z and pre-preparing them with the knowledge or intelligence uh so that they knew what to expect on the ground where when how and what to do or maybe less about what to do when it happens but give them a good idea that this could be a follow-on activity Mm -hmm. so security is you have to see security in a whole different context and 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 start with your mental security security as well is is almost what you're saying there is it's information um we would be supplied with intelligence from people like tomo who said oh this is happening in this area at this time um these are the people we need to look out for you know you're supplied with more information that you didn't have in, in the first instance basically um much like the same of when we went to Afghanistan, we we were bringing security to the people. Now, part of that operation isn't just to come in and defend people from the Taliban, because you can't do that forever. Part of the security is we'll defend you from the Taliban, and we're also going to show you how to defend yourself from the Taliban. And then you leave them with that air of... People have undivided opinions on this, clearly, because it's the Afghan war, but that's the intent. You know, go and help them defend against this ruthless enemy and then show them how to defend and then leave them to defend very much like what we do in our own lives it's exactly that you're you're exposed to something you have to defend yourself from it i suppose um someone might help you do that a lot of resilience is built from people around you as well as who you surround with the right people you know coming from the marines it's very much like that you you become more resilient because the guy next to you goes oh that was shit let's crack on to the next thing you know and oh we'll do this differently next time that's where it comes from it's not just you inside going wow i am tough if you're actually left alone to do a lot of this stuff the mind will weaken quite quickly and if you've got uh, a bad habit of self-doubt you talk yourself down a lot well you're not going to build your resilience up if there's people around you put your they don't need to put their arm around you and like, oh, cry on my shoulder, but they're like, pat you on the back and we move forward and we learn from our challenges. And that's why we are constantly saying to people, surround yourself with excellence. The amount of people, it's strange that uh, most of you listening hopefully will feel something within this is an element of what we're trying to do with this podcast now is create a tribe of people where they can interact with one another and they can interact with us. And you, they're all thinking in the same way. All the listeners, all of you are thinking in some way which may be different in different areas of life to one another, but you're thinking with the same growth and the same learning and the same, 
I want to better myself. I'm in, I'm interested in taking myself forward. And you could only, a, a comment between two people could be game changing. And they, that helped in turn grow resilience. And so it, it is much about how much information we can gather from our own experiences and then others around us as well. And it's that part of now, you know, documenting it, um, identifying with it and then going, okay, we are where we are. How do I now grow from this? Or you choose not to grow from this. And that's that's your choice and always will be your choice. But it should be, I'm going to grow from this because I now have the confidence and resilience to move on to the next thing, the next challenge, whatever that might be. We all said and we all agreed as we started this podcast and the coronavirus pandemic kicked in that we can't come out of this pandemic the same people we went into it as. And so I guess with our listeners, we really want them to reflect on how their resilience has grown in order to have the motivation to move on to what's next. But like reflect on how you've grown, reflect on how much stronger you are, reflect on how if anything like this was to happen again, you would deal with it better. I I think that's a a great observation. And even your last words there, if, if this happens again. Well, it seems like the world's primed for a second wave yeah. and, and it, we may get another one in December and it's happening in other places across the world. This is the moment when we go, right, oh, this is fucking really shit, but I've been through it before. How can I arm myself to go into the next one? If it's coming, it's uncontrollable. It's going to come. I can arm myself to be the best prepared mindset and physically to go into the next wave. And how can I come out of that? And I think, you know, we've we'd been speaking a lot through this period of time about um come out the pandemic a better version of yourself than you went in that's not to say people went in a bad version they just come back they come out of it an even better version that for many people is in goals it's in oh i'm going to do something with my life you know i'm i'm going to i'm going to go and do so i'm going to get fitter i'm going to do that 5k run i've been planning to do it's also how you battle the bad things that are coming you know a better version of yourself coming out than you went in is when you go into the next pandem- pandemic you know how to deal with it you know how to be more resilient. You know how to focus. You know how to switch the fucking media off when you need to switch it off. How can I now ensure that I'm still conducting the same level of activity I was in the lockdown? Because um, that was a good time for me. Mm. That was a really beneficial time for me. How do I grow upon that? And I think that is linked hugely within motivation. Ben, when we talked about this podcast um, before, you have an element of like a tough love vibe. Um, yeah, I do. I think we should all have tough love. I think we always need a bad cop and a good cop. My view on this is we've spent, what are we on, like 15 weeks now, 16 weeks? We're around that period of time, aren't we? There's been a lot of saying, you know, that, and I've been doing it, you know, and I have to prove this to myself and listeners hold me accountable to it. But there's been a lot of saying of, oh, I'm planning this goal now. I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to, I'm going to move on to this. Now here comes the difference. There'll be a group of sayers and then there'll be a group of fucking doers. Now, which group are you in? Are you in the group that says, oh, I'm going to say I'm doing this and I'm going to lose this weight and I'm going to do this venture and I'm going to try and do this? Or are you going to be the person which says, I'm fucking doing it? And you begin to commit, biggest word there, commit to what you said you were going to do. That's when you come out of the pandemic a better version of yourself than you went in. The ones which don't do that, they plateau and they stay the same. And so if if you're listening to this and you think it's okay to listen but not do i'd rather see our viewers go down listeners go down i i want to work with numbers of people which are actually committed to doing something um it's okay to dream 
it's okay to dream, but you have to you have to turn a transaction there. And that transaction is into doing. You have to take that dream from dreaming about, yeah, I'm gonna go and do this, I'm gonna do that, to fucking doing it. And this is this podcast is for listeners which are doers. We're not interested in sayers. Um and challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. Listen to what we're saying now. After you listen to this episode, go and do something immediately that commits you to what you're aiming for rather than just assuming it's for tomorrow or it's at the end of the week. Do something after you've listened to this that fucking commits yourself to what you set yourself. Then you become a doer. You're no longer a sayer. You've been listening to Commando Mindset. Check us out online at commando underscore mindset on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday. Commando Mindset.